You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Shark Tank After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Shark Tank After Show. Spread it, mix it, shake it, stir it. Spread it, mix it, shake it, stir it. Spread it, mix it, shake it, stir it. Hey guys, um, Bing is for doing. We're here doing another Shark Tank after show. I'm Steph Z, and I'm joined by the awesome Phil Svitek. Whoop whoop. I am slightly disappointed though. Why? We could have gone to a taping. I know. I I had to First, open up with that. You did. First, I want to give a special shout out to Lori and her publicist Penny. I actually reached out to them this week asking them to be a part of our show. She showed enthusiasm and I spoke to her publicist and she was so kind and was like, I wish you would have reached out sooner. We would have had you guys come down to see the filming. You could have met the shark. So a little late this time, but we're hoping that we can get Lori in for a call, maybe a visit. I know their schedules are super busy being the sharks and owning so many companies, but we love you guys and we, we really appreciate that you take a minute and you know respond to us when we're here supporting your show. So with that, it was, it was like very excitement. Then it was like, oh, a little too late. But, yeah. you know, guests in the future, that, that's always a, that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. So, but, you know, they, I feel like the sharks listened in a way. They heard last week's demands for opening up with We Are the Sharks. And they upgraded. They did. That was, I mean, it was, that was smooth as butter. It was. It was smooth. It was a new. I feel like the logo is new too. Is that just me this season? It looks like there's a lot more hammerhead sharks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't count in seasons past, so I don't know. It just looks like the buildings, like to me, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just me. It is new? Yeah. All right. Good, good. Okay, so we start with the sharks are back. And, um, so, and again, we don't know exactly the rotation, but this week, Damon is back. So just for you guys, you know, a quick recap, recap. Uh, Kevin is, you know, a software guru. He's, you know, bought, sold many software companies. Damon had a brand, FUBU, a clothing brand. He manufactures a lot of stuff. Robert is another tech mogul. Um, Lori run, owns QVC, lots of patents, stuff like that. She makes products. And Mark is the owner of Dallas Mavericks and also a huge entrepreneur. And a theater chain as well. Yeah, he owns a check out check out our first episode. He owns a TV station too, but you know, I just don't want to every week. Yeah, check out episode one to really kind of get the full breakdown. Yeah, because we did we did all the sharks on that one, Um, and then you know we start off this this episode with the mango mango preserves mango preserves, which is awesome. I love seeing like family, and they weren't family, but they were sisters that, you know, said they were like best friends, family. Um, I love seeing people getting together with the current, like, a the same passion and trying to make something out of it. So, I mean, what was your impression as they first walked through the door, Phil? Um, they came in with amazing energy. They had a good yes. story, 
everything like that. Um, it's like you wanted to give him a big hug. I did. I wanted and to hug them all. I loved Robert just grabbing everything. <laughs> yeah, he was like, kept going back up. Which we discussed is always a good sign if the sharks like what you have to sell. Right. Um, but, you know what, I'm going to have to go with Kevin on this one. It was a hobby at that point, not a full-on business. It was a hobby, not but, a full-on business, but they did $138 worth of sales. I mean, $138,000 worth of sales. Yeah. In like a year and a half. That's kind of a business. You know, like, if they're not full-time, do, like, that's... It's, I it's feel a, like that's a business. It's a business... Well, I think it's it goes two ways. Right now, it's still a hobby, but it can be a business. So, Kevin, for me, he was a little bit too harsh in that respect where, okay, like, here's what you're doing wrong, but I see the potential, and if you're willing to listen to me, we'll make it right. a business, and we'll make tons of money. Right. Well, because I feel like a lot of businesses are really a good idea and passion. Really, when you marry the two of those, and they had that. They had a good idea. They clearly have a product that people like that can be – it's a very versatile product. It was They were showing how you can have this mango sauce jelly, and you can put it into different things as a, as a base. So pretty much it's it's almost like they're making it a foundation ingredient to, to do many different things with, which I think is really brilliant. I think so too, and they were asking for uh, seventy five thousand for twenty percent. Right, so that gives them a three hundred and seventy five thousand dollar evaluation. Yes, so. I love that Kevin did actually own jelly and jams. Everyone was just shocked by this. I know, but you know, so, so yeah, when he says those facts, you got to kind of believe him because it's you he do, knows what he's talking about. You do have to believe him, and um, you know, he does know what he's talking about. He's saying that their cost, they need to lower the cost by about 75 cents. So pretty much they ask them what they, for, so they wholesale for $3.96. They retail for $6.99 and their cost is $2.18. So that's not even like, that's a bad margin. Yeah. And, and that, I agree with Kevin that they need to lower it 75 cents. Your cost is, should be one third of what your wholesale is. Yeah, he ideally. Said, he said it should be 125. Yeah. So. You know, but, but but they can't. And I feel like, you know, they have a good idea. They want a production facility. And, you know, Kevin does have a really good point that, you know, instead of getting the money for that and if, instead of doing it hands-on, if they just got someone else to produce their their recipe, they, they, would, have, they would be freed up to do the sales, to, to bring in more money. You know what I mean? And they, they kind of seemed like they didn't want to go that route, that they wanted to keep it, you know, doing it themselves. Yeah, which, you know, I think they're... I think they're young, um, and they don't know the business. And I think I think they will learn. So I think they will I'm, I'm learn. I'm very too. hopeful of their futures. I think they're going to learn. And honestly, I bet you they did probably two hundred thousand dollars worth of sales since Friday. Yeah, I, I bet you they've done a lot. I think it, it, it's a shame. Um, it's always a shame when sharks have to go out because they don't know the business. Like I, I feel Mark was so interested, but he was like, I have no idea of this. Space. Yeah, he actually said, I don't know Chutney from Sputney, so I'm out, which is, you know, kind of funny. Mark's been pretty comical this season so far. So far. So far. Outspoken Outspoken, Davos. yeah. He's, yeah, right. Well, he's been really like, I mean, even last week with the, with the roller dock, you know, he was, he's just shown a little bit more of a tenacity this yeah. season, I think. So, um, you know, Lori said she didn't give out any percent she said she was oh no sorry she was telling the girls to not take a deal from any shark she was telling don't give any percent of this just keep building this and you will figure it out which i thought was awesome of her yeah i really i'm such i'm on train lori right now 
for many reasons. But she was uh, pretty good. And then Damon didn't think he could be of any service, so he went out, which, you know, I appreciate his honesty as well. And then you know, Robert was just – I feel like Robert really wanted to do something, but he just didn't know. He was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to – I don't want to make the wrong decision for your company because I really don't know. But mm-hmm. I just want to eat all your mango, mango, mango preserves. <laughs> That's pretty much what was happening. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so we'll see. So they didn't wind up getting a deal. I'm sure they're going to keep going to the farmer's markets, the expos, and selling it. Like, I don't think they're giving up. And, you know, even at the end, Lori again says that it's great. Don't give up. You'll probably pro- – they're going to sell more. They're going to sell yeah. more than their projection. Just keep doing what they're doing, and um, and they'll be fine. So I really- here's the thing. You know, uh, they said that they can get the money from elsewhere, but they want the sharks. Right. Um. And also to that point, I mean, you know, you don't really want to take out a loan, but the fact that they're making money, you know, just take out a quick loan. You know you're going to pay it back. Right. And you know what? If you really want a production house, then get it. But I, I wouldn't say that's the way to go. I wouldn't so say that's, it's in their hands. It's totally in their hands. And I feel like if they – I feel like the reason why they weren't just like taking out a loan is because they wanted – they didn't maybe trust that they would spend that money the most practical way. So they wanted a shark to to give them the money, but also to be in charge of how that money is dispersed to ensure that they're still going to be going forward, which, you know, that's why they get a percentage. You know, they don't just give the money and get it back. They give the money and get a percentage because then it works better, you know. So um, anything else about Mango 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 Preserves for you, Phil? I wanted to try it. That's about it. I know. I wish we could get samples. How do we How do we manage that? We tried to get sweet balls last week, but I couldn't find them in any 7-Eleven, and Christina couldn't either. P.S. Christina uh, had to work tonight, so she sends her regards. She misses all you guys. She will be back next Sunday. Um, that's about it. On to On product to number two. Product number two, the Breathometer. You know, Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. We were teased for a $4 million buy-in. And I thought this could have been it. Yeah, the teaser last week, I, I, we didn't see one. I was no. a little disappointed. I thought it could have been it, too. And I, I liked I like how they prep it like a Silicon Valley veteran with an invention that he hopes will save lives. So then Charles Michael Yim comes in. He wants... Tw- $250,000 for 10% equity. So that gives his company a $2.5 million evaluation, which no one really bats an eye at from the beginning. And I like it. He's, he seemed smart. He seemed calculated right away. He's like, you know, let's have a drink. And, you know, yeah. and Kevin is all like, what are we cheersing to? And he's like, making a deal. And like, he's confident. He shows confidence. Yeah. And, you know, uh, he, he, he talked about it. Uh, I feel like you always got to kind of present, you know, you, you always want to obviously present the simplest form of the idea. But then it just became a, wait, what? When he said, like, this could be used for diabetes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's the, you know, that's the moneymaker right there, among other things. Like, whoa, dude. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it, it, it kind of made me think back to last week, a little bit of the roller doc. Like, some of the things that are happening in the medical field with with apps and stuff like that are amazing. So for those two guys to come up and kind of give like a shit show presentation was just like now I'm seeing it more like they they could have spun this and made it seem good. But now they're they're done. No. Roll doc is done. Yeah. That's my prediction. Um, so so pretty much he he shows us how this works. It's pretty much like a 
one of those uh, square things that you plug into your phone and you can run a credit card. That's what I saw when I did it. So, you know, so so many people know what that is. So you can relate to, okay, that's how it works. You stick this thing into your phone and it works. So you stick this little square cube into your phone and then you breathe into it and it will record your blood alcohol level. It will tell you how long you need to, if it's, if it's over the, you know, the legal limit, it will tell you how long you need to wait before you should drive, or it will give you the option to push a button and hail a cab. That, Hell, to yeah. me, shows that it was completely thought out. It was completely thought out, because what do you do if you if it says you need to wait 10 hours to drive? No one's going to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the other option is safe ride home. Yeah. Is it, the, the number one thing, as long as this hail a cab button is the size of the entire screen, so like even if I'm blackout drunk, I just hit the screen and there you go. <laughs> or it should be like if you don't respond within like a certain amount of seconds, it's like, oh, we're hailing you a cab. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm guessing that the, the GPS in your phone will tell the cab where you are. So literally all you have to do is just push a button and a cab will show up. Yeah. And I'm wondering if these partnered with, you know, Lyft or some of the, you know, Uber or yeah. if it's just a regular cab company. Because I don't know if they would get a percent. Like, I don't know if there's anything like that or they're just tied into a system. He didn't really get into the logistics of that. I'm, I'm, well, they filmed for so long. I'm sure they did. Right. You know, it, just wasn't. it just wasn't included because only geeks like us really care. Yeah, totally. Um, so to date, so what he did was he started an Indiegogo campaign. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Indiegogo, it's a crowdfunding, um, crowdsource funding, pretty much people on the internet give them a certain amount of money, they get a perk back. And it's similar to Kickstarter, but I feel like Indiegogo has become more of the, the platform used because of the percentages they take. I feel like in Kickstarter, if you do a campaign and you don't reach your goal, you don't get the money. And then Indiegogo, if you do a campaign, whatever you raise, you keep. Just whether or not you reach your goal depends on what percentage they keep yeah. of the campaign. So it's it's interesting. Uh, a lot, I'm hearing the Indiegogo a lot more. So if anyone's out there wants to do a campaign, it's the way to go. Um, so they sold 4,000 units on this, which was $140,000 worth of revenue. So that's that's a lot to raise on Indiegogo. Because yeah. you usually get like a month or like 45 days. Yeah, it's pretty short. It's a short amount of window. Yeah. So and especially when you don't, I mean, you don't really have PR for it. I mean, your PR is really just kind of all in that one space. Yeah, and it's all word of mouth. Yeah. So pe- clearly people are getting this and using it and being like, this is great. Yeah. Well, actually, though, everyone probably buys it before anyone receives it. So it would be interesting to see what, if we looked it up right now, what the feedback would be on this project. Because people probably by now have received their breathometer. But I think, you know, uh, it, it's interesting in that way, and, and the culture has shifted as such, because now, whether it's you're starting a new kind of television, you, you know, like your own podcast, let's say, you know, that's where I kind of know it from. But even just this, right? Whereas the old model is you have to have something 100% perfect and then you unveil it into the market. This, it's interesting because people like going on that journey. So right. let's say, you know, that you unveil version one. Right. And people are like, uh, here's what's wrong with it. Then it's like, okay, now we go on this journey to fix it together. You know? Um, and people right. like that, you know, and makes them feel part of the process. And it's an interesting sh- cultural shift in kind of product unveilment. No, I completely agree with that. And at their price point of forty nine ninety nine retail, I feel like you'd go for that journey. You know what I mean? If it costs five hundred dollars, you're gonna want one that works yeah. regardless and you're not gonna wanna have to change that within a year or two. You know, but for fifty bucks to get something that could 
you know, you don't even have to be a big drinker to have this. Like, you could be someone, you know, bartenders could have this at bars. Like, you know, all, yeah. lots of people could. I would want one just because if I was out with my friends, I'd be like, dude, look, you can't drive, you know. Not that my friends are a bunch of alcoholics, but you know what I mean. And then, actually, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin, brings up a very, very valid point that he is scared. Not scared. That's the wrong word. But he is curious and doesn't want to get involved with something like this in the beginning. He he alludes to that because of the legal purposes. Like what happens if someone uses your product, the breathometer, and it tells them that they're fine to drive and then they leave a bar and get into an accident, hurt themselves, hurt somebody and they, you know, their defense to the cops is, I have this thing. It said that I could do it. Like, you could literally blow it, take a screenshot of your phone that, you know, and the time and be like, no, at this time it said I was fine, so therefore I drove. Like, there's a lot of legal stuff that seems like it could be a little bit tricky with that. But he did have, he had the disclaimers and things like that. He he, he had an answer for it and a very good one at that. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, risk but at you know um okay you kind of whenever these inventions come out you have to look at okay someone's going to abuse the technology and be stupid about it right and you know what but it could save hundreds of thousands of lives right so that's the upside you know what and it sucks that there is a negative to it but yeah well it sucks that Pete, that the society we live in today you know this, this is a show about entrepreneur and people making businesses but the, it sucks that there are a few people that you know, do make businesses that are like suing people and finding and screwing the system. You know, when so when people have a really good idea like this, where it could help hundreds and thousands of people, you actually have to think of that one person that might be like, well, this is a way for me to like sue them if it doesn't work out for me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's crazy that that's would come up for us. But he does. He has a very good answer. He's like, no, there's nothing that would's better than good judgment. And I'm sure there's like all kinds of legal stuff that you have to like sign or sign on your phone or something in order to say that. And the fact know, that it costs, you know, uh, $49.99, depending on, you know, I don't know exactly how you purchase it online or through a store, whatever. You know how, okay, you, you buy medicine, right? And they scan your ID. Yeah. So that could be okay, you know, by and then you sign. So by you know handing your ID over, signing this, you wait. You know, this is a recommendation, but it's yeah. not a. You know, it's not. It may not be a hundred percent. If you I'm sure, it. there's got to be something like that on it, where it's like to to start. To load up the app, you have to, like, read this thing and hit I agree. Like, it's not just going to be, like, in small, fine print on the phone. Yeah. Like, it's got to be a, a signature. And I imagine one of the one of the things has to be, like, improper use of this may cause death or something like, you know what yeah. I mean? Because basically I could be, like, you know, it's 10 feet away from my mouth and I'm breathing into it. Oh, it says point, oh, right. whatever it is. And you're like, sweet, give me the keys. Yeah. You know, and that's not. That's not the intended use. Right. So. Um. That's cool. I wonder if there is, uh, well, like, there's got to be a sanitary thing too, so that multiple people could use it. I'm sure yeah. that's there. Um, and and Charles, he's a smart guy. He he's sold other. He used to be a coder, and he sold other companies, so he knows how to make internet companies. He knows how to make that work. I believe he said he already raised some money. He had one round of funding, and he got some angel investors. And, you know, and this is where it gets interesting because he's looking for $250,000 for 10% equity in his company. And through the process, so first off, we have, we have Mark offer him $500,000 for 20% of his company. And Lori right away says, I want to go with Mark. And Mark says, no. 
He says no, which is like, it's so funny because sometimes they're so team and sometimes they're like, no, this is going to be a bidding war. So that right away shows that Mark believes in it. He likes it. Um, And then Mr. Wonderful comes in with an offer for $250,000 for 15%, which is a little bit, you know, it's crazy because he's he's not giving as much money slash equity to Breathometer, like he's trying to, you know, one up Mark with with lower percentage, but still it's more percentage than he asked for. So it was kind of a little bit of a cheap shot offer, I think. Um, and he proposed, and then you know it squeaks out that Charles is after this wanting to do another round of investment. He wanted to get a raise a million dollars with some more angel funders, and then all of a sudden the game changes. Yeah. All then all of a sudden. He says, you know, Mr. Wonderful says, why don't you let the Sharks do all the funding? And then it gets interesting. Well, that I, what I loved about this is that they turned it on him and, you know, because Mark was very hesitant. So it's like, okay, you know, uh, make you make me a deal and you throw out a percentage that is willing that is going to work for me, Mark. Um, and it's going to be the highest one. Yeah. Out and, of all the sharks. And that was too, after all the other sharks realized they wanted to be on board, they also acknowledged that Mark should get more percentage because he has more knowledge in this field. So they literally were like, okay, Mark, what would you need? And then instead of Mark telling them what he would need, he asked Charles for that. Which was, that was the biggest decision of that guy's life. It was. I think it was well played. I think it was. And you know what? His CFO got on the phone. I was a little worried because it's, it's I don't know. He yeah. was telling him all kinds of things. but Right. So, but what he says is he comes back with, well, well first off, Kevin, Robert, and Lori offer 750000 for 30%. We skipped over that. And then Damon said he would give 125000 for 10%. So that would have been a million. If he plus was, manufacturing. Plus manufacturing, right. So um, Mark said... That he would need 500k for 50. Mark actually comes back and says it. He doesn't say it, does he? Charles didn't say Char- I give you 50 percent and you guys split it. Yeah, Charles never. He never really came up with the answer. Mark kind of gave it to him. Yeah. He, Which in at the end of the day, Mark's making out better than his initial 500,000 for 20 percent. Yeah. Which is crazy. But that again, that was the, that the the deal for that was now you got all the sharks. Right. So you're you're I'm getting more, but you're also getting I'm bringing in now the other sharks. Right. So what it winds up being is Mark puts in five hundred thousand, he gets fifteen percent, and then all the rest of the sharks put in one hundred and twenty five thousand each for fifteen percent. So pretty much it winds up being one million dollars he receives for thirty percent of his company, and he was asking for so that pretty much gives him a three million dollar evaluation which is more than what he was evaluating it in the beginning, which you don't really see on Shark Tank. You don't see that very often. Another thing, I think this might be the first time ever we got all the sharks. Oh, that was a story. Because that's what Kevin was saying, you know, and that's a huge press hit. Yeah. Which I like when they break down that sort of wall because they, okay, yes, we're watching a TV show, but the TV show is huge press to begin with. And then when, you know, something historic like this happens where you get all the sharks to to be involved... That's yeah. a huge press hit. And you know what? Not to not to sound like that sentimental girl or whatever, but like I kind of think it's awesome that this is the product 
that's doing it. Like, yes, it's a great idea. Yes, it's going to make money. But the intention is to try and bring an awareness and a safety in a place where a lot of people make bad decisions and people get hurt for, for no reason. Yeah. So, And I, I, I will give Charles so much credit because so many other – here's the thing. You know, so many other people could have effed this up. Think of the safety belt guy. Remember? Like the car yeah. wouldn't start unless your safety belt was in there. Yeah. But he – you know, Kevin really loved the idea and he – but the guy was like, no, I want to sell it individually. Like, no, why don't we just sell it to car manufacturers and they'll put it in the cars? Right. We'll make so much more money and it'll be easy. Yeah, it's all licensing. Uh, I'm not sure I'm interested in that. Yeah. Some people just don't know. I feel like they're tunnel vision, and that's what Charles did, right? He w- he went in wanting one thing, but he saw – you could see it on his face. He saw it happening like, oh, my God, I'm not going to have to go get another round of funding. I'm going to make my thing right now, and I've got the expertise of all these people. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty brilliant. So he accepts the offer. I'm sure we're going to see breathometers everywhere, and it's it's simple. It's like simple, stupid. You know, it's this little thing you carry around, smaller than a pack of cigarettes. You plug it into your phone and you're blowing it and it tells you everything else. Like people aren't going to use anything. Like nowadays and age, it needs to be simple. It needs to be clean. It needs to be, you know what I mean? It needs to be very, very. For diabetics, this could be great. Right. And then he goes and says that he's going to, could do this for diabetes. He said something else too. He said, oh, uh, it started off with Robert joking about bad breath. Yes, al- uh, altosis. Yes. And he was like, actually, yeah. Which, again, there was those two little things with this with this presentation in particular that the conversation led him to say that he was going to do another round of investing with angel funders. And then that led to getting all the sharks. And then Robert, you know, saying this kind of joke thing led to them realizing that this is this is like the tip of the iceberg of what this little contraption can do. Yeah. So and I feel like it might even be like the, the contraption still just reads it and it's going to be like software updates, which is going to be an easy thing to for people to download and to get up to date stuff of what it could do. Like the hardware is already made. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Do I want a breath meter, Charles. I think the future is you'll be able to hold it up to a potential main and see if you guys match. That's just my theory. Really? I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, where <laughs> are you going with that? All right, number three. Okay, number three. Oh my god. I kind of, like, seeing the beginning of this, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so cheesy. But, you know, I kind of liked it. So we open up the doors, and we've got Jim O'Brien with his body double trying to tell us about man medals. What you think? Oh, my. I would never want a man medal from my girlfriend, wife, mom, uh, friend that happens to be a girl co-worker or anything why why are you a hater on the man metal do you i'm gonna what first off these are things that just should happen anyway okay what do you mean the, the, getting a as a man you should but it d- doesn't do... the, the presentation was hilarious because it's so true i it's understand so so true that and a metal is gonna fix that. this it's an encouraging, it's How funny. How about this? Okay, you know what? I'm going to become, I'm going to take Kevin to the next level. You know what's a reward? What? Women should put, there you go. Every time I do this, women, uh, you know, my wife puts out, great. I'm happy. That's going to happen. But you never, it's not going to, you know, because then now you're entering prostitution soon. That's never going to work. <laughs> I'm just saying, a pin is going to, Steven. Uh-oh, shit. What do you mean? I'm, Back I'm me up on this. One. Would you want a medal? 
Every time you put the toilet seat so, wait, down. Wait, wait, no, no, time out, time out. Steven, don't answer that yet. Let us, let it listen to our, his presentation and then let us I've know. I've already listened to it. I've watched the show. Okay, so would you want a man medal then? Hell no. Really? It was, it was ridiculous, honestly. Get like, me McKenzie. Are you gonna get a medal every time you clean up your dirty underpants? Like, get me McKenzie. I'll get you McKenzie. <laughs> she, she's a female, so hopefully she can back you up. No, I mean, I think it's a little bit ridiculous. I thought it was a great presentation. I like the idea. Dudes, don't do that stuff. It's just the way that they're programmed. It's okay. It's okay. There's some stuff that women don't do. But I thought it was hysterical. And I could totally see women – see, women are going to buy that for their man. It's marketable. It might not be the coolest thing. And no, I can't picture you or Steven or any guy I know for that matter walking around with his man medal on his lapel. But women will buy that shit and give it to their dude. It's okay. circumstantial. I would be like – here's the thing. Women would have to create a code of thing like, hey, earn 10 medals and I'll give you a blowjob. They, wow, I'm just saying, Mackenzie. What? Would you get man medals for your whatever? Would I give them to my man? Yes. Um, I don't know. It's kind of corny. I don't think I would do that. Ooh, that's a female. Yeah. Hey, I'm not saying it's not corny. I'm not saying it's not corny, and I'm not saying I know anyone that would wear it. I'm saying there are girls, women out there that would buy this shit for their dude. Yeah, but I think that it, like, for my boyfriend, I think it would be kind of, like, like, Dermy, like, offending him, kind of. Like, oh, here's your little metal, little five-year-old baby boy. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of makes me think. When I was growing up, I, well, forget it. I'm not telling that story. It brings up something. It, maybe it would work with, with uh, as you're potty training your little boy, yeah, your son. Exactly. It yeah. could work for that. Okay, so I'm going to tell, tell my story. <laughs> I w- like I was a thumb sucker for a while, and my mom made up this chart. And every day that I didn't suck my thumb, I mean, I was like five or six, whatever. Whenever you stop sucking your thumb, not that I do it now, but <laughs> just to be clear. But every day I got a sticker. When I got a week, a star sticker for the week, we went to freaking Chuck E. Cheese, and I was stoked. Got well, that's it. What I'm I saying. was five. There needs to be a reward for getting those medals, and what is that reward? Now, okay. This is where you take the next step. Right, because people aren't going to go out and wear them in public. Okay, obviously my the the <laughs> sex and prostitution is never going to work. Maybe you tie it in with like a, a men's warehouse and you get a nice little bow tie at the end. You know what I mean? You, you got to accumulate like points to something. I like where you're going with that. When I watch them do no, the- that's I like that, Phil. Go ahead. Sorry, Mackenzie. Sorry, no. Um, when I watch this whole segment, I just kept thinking of, is it going to be like at Spencer's? It's just one of those like corny, like funny yes. things that you kind of buy, wh- but that's not where it really. Would be. I think that's where it would be. Yeah. And I think, I think women, women buy crazy shit. I think they would buy it. They'd putting it, if they, if he made it for this Christmas, you know how many men across the country, across the world would have a freaking man metal in their stocking or in know. under their menorah, whatever. I mean, like people, Cheesy, I get it. But I'm out. You're I'm out. out. They're all, yeah. But, you know, I feel like Jim is, he's kind of funny. It was a good idea. I feel like he's not too serious about it. He's only asking $10,000 for 10%, which gives his company a 100000 evaluation. Um, he had $2,500 in sales, which they all laughed at him. Um, but, you know, his margins were good. Five dollars retail, two fifty wholesale, sixty five cents cost. So, Steph, I gotta, I gotta ask you though. Uh-oh. When he walked in and you saw that button on him, were you like, "What the hell's he wearing a button for?" 
Like grown men yeah. don't wear buttons. Button, no. Buttons are not medals. Like little circular buttons are not medals. Like they didn't right. have a ribbon. They didn't have anything. It's just like we had that conversation before about stickers not being manly. All right. <laughs> buttons are not manly. I'm sorry. If the points get you to something, it's great. Because it that's works. That, that, in- I, that's what that, you know, that, that was the missing link. I think that's the missing link because I, I really think women would buy this. And if the points did get to something, like if you got a certain amount of points, they you got from your woman a new TV, or you got to go have or some, take her out to a restaurant, yeah, take like if ice there was cream, a, whatever. No, I get it. You're it, accumulating medals and points for, and there's no real prize. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. So, um, you know, and everyone liked the presentation, which I was scared that they were going to rip that shirtless dude apart. Like, I thought they were just going to rip him apart. And they didn't. He was funny. He was quirky. He was funny. Lori called him a beefcake. It was crazy. Um, you know. I'm surprised Lori could contain herself. I know. Um, Lori said, go to a trade show. I hope you're successful, but I'm out. You know, Robert said it was one of the best presentations, great presentation, but he was out. Mark, you know, again, went with the it's not a business, but, you know, I could never picture Mark Cuban wearing a man medal. But, um, you know, he likes trophies. Same shit, kind of totally kidding. It's totally not the same. Um, You know, (laughs) Mr. Wonderful was telling everyone that he forbids them to proceed when Damon was actually thinking about it for a minute. Um, and you know, Damon was just saying the sales aren't that bad, you know, and it's for something like that. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I, in two years from now, I'm walking through exactly like a Spencer's or like, you know, one of those bullshit stores and like, I see man metals for sale. What was the money for? The 10,000. What was it for? He didn't really say what it was for, but I think it was just for production. I think it was just, I think it was a little bit of everything, but he didn't say, like, I have POs waiting. I have, you know, the, I need no. manufacturing. He didn't really say, he wasn't too specific with that. So I feel like, though, for every brilliant idea like Breathometer, we get a man medal. Like, it keeps the show round, you know, and it, no, it, it keeps know. the sharks sharp. We need, we need man metal. We need, yes, I get it. We need man metals. Right. Um, okay, moving on. Then we walk, we have Amber Lee Forrester walk through the door holding her little cute cane, which was her dog, for Cane and Couture, which was a clothing company for dogs. Like, legit clothing company. She said all they have out there is plaid stuff and, you know, solid stuff. And she really wanted more clothing, not just the collar, not just the bandana. Like, straight up, these dogs had outfits on. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Phil? You're As a dog owner, Phil, how do you feel about that? Uh, I feel like it works. I'm not, you know, I have dogs that hate this kind of stuff, so I don't dress up my dogs. But there are so many women that love that kind of stuff. I agree. I think it's more of a small dog thing. Uh, I mean... Because the big I, dog, even that they showed it, only had a collar on it. I Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean... Okay, here's the thing, right? Um, there's a dog that I know that's a poodle. It's large. Um, it's a standard poodle. And, you know, um, she's she's a little bit on the older side. And so to um, to keep her warm and also to, to prevent her from licking some of her wounds on her body, you know, you put her in this cute little outfit. Right. So it works. And, and you know, you, you, you're not That's your dog. That's actually a good but, twist. The yeah. outfit is way better than the cone of shame. Yeah. For a dog. Yeah. That's a good little, they should have like little scrubs. Like oh, yeah. when they have like a, when they have like a cut and they can't lick it or something. Yeah. That's a good idea. They could do that. But I mean, just even, even the dog, you know, Dozer, I mean, uh, he gets outfitted. No, I love Dozer. What are you talking about? I don't just know him. 
But well, it's not technically your dog, so I didn't want to say that. Kind of. Right. But anyway. Yeah, I love Dozer. We actually got Dozer at Cape the other day. But so that's, that's the I'm thing. Saying. Like, I couldn't. Dozer's a boxer. He's the most gorgeous, handsome dog you'll ever see ever. And I'm not just saying that because it's kind of my dog, but it's he just is. And um, I would never put him in a full-on outfit. Like, it wouldn't look right on his yeah. legs like they wouldn't make it to like the pants would have to be l-shaped like that would just be weird you wouldn't dress him up like roger from snooki and jay wow where he like you could pretend like he kind of has tattoos on his arms like uh, for those of you unfamiliar it's you know it's kind of like a biker tattoo lookish because no, he's a boxer I mean, we put football jerseys on him bow tie he's so handsome in a bow tie and i'm just a big bow tie fan so he does look you know, so, we we dress him up, but he not like fully clothed. Like if yeah. you saw no fur and just clothes on him, I feel like he would look awkward. All right. So all in all, though, there's a market for this. <laughs> totally, there's a market for this. And you know what? I'm gonna just start with this. I'm gonna go there. I kind of think Amber Lee Forrester is my favorite presenter ever on Shark Tank. And why is that? Because she's smart. She's sophisticated, she knows her business, and she deflects the way that Mr. Wonderful talks to her. She is. She doesn't take on any of the rude comments that come with her. She's got a smart answer. She's got a good attitude. I would go into business with her. I would 100% start a business with her. Yeah. I think she's amazing. Like, I want to I wanna hang out with her. The, the only mistake was, you know, I was on board. I, you know, I agree with you there. But going from ninety thousand, not even a hundred, you go to one point eight million. It can happen, and the reason why it can happen, yes, it's a little far fetched. I agree with you, but she's got big box Macy's on it, on board. So, which big box just means large store sorry but like she's got a department store like that and if she's if what she's saying is true she's just had a test order because i remember our first order one of our first orders was for neiman marcus we got nine doors and they call them stores they call them doors we got nine doors as a test and it we sold out and like our next order we got all doors neiman marcus so to that jump really can be and Macy's, like, the jump really can be that. If it, if she's got different avenues, like, it could be that. Like, it's yes, it's a little far-fetched, and so many things would have to line up in order for her to do that. But it it's not impossible. The only thing I'm thinking is, where is their dog section at Macy's? It's probably in, like, seasonal or something. I don't, I don't really go to Macy's a lot. You know, know, like, that's what I'm wondering. But Macy's is a perfect store. I'm, so, I'm sure she wants to get, like, Target. I mean, it'd be a different price point, but... Actually, she probably wouldn't do Target right now. It doesn't wouldn't make sense. But there's stores. Macy's probably is one of the best stores for her to be in with that. I agree. I'm just, you know, I don't know. I'm just skeptical in that way. Right. And I, and, and I agree with you. It is, like I said, a lot of things have to line up in order to do that. Um, but and then <laughs> we have Mr. Wonderful and he's so great. Kevin is so, so great at making comments sometimes that are so far fetched. Like he asks, what if the dog has to pee or poop? And she's like, then I take him out and take him to the bathroom. Like, I just, I loved her so much. Well, I also like, I, I give credits to the other sharks. Like, dude, have you never had a dog? Right. Because he, he, but but he sometimes, he asks those questions sometimes just to get a rise out of people, I feel. Like, just to try and throw them off their game. And she was like, well, then I, clearly, then I take my dog to go to the bathroom. If that's yeah. what happened. So, I think she was really smart. Um 
she had retail and she did it online as well. And then, um, so pretty much, you know, Kevin's rude. He goes out. Um, Robert's out, even though he's clearly the dog lover of the bunch. He has one of the dogs sitting on his lap. And um, Lori wants to make an offer, but it's contingent on Damon going in $75,000, $75,000 for 40% of the company. So it takes her valuation down, you know, a little bit. And Damien's, you know, I mean, Damon said he is a little bit scared about that projection. But, you know, Lori reassures him it's not that easy to get into Macy's and stuff. And, and they, they kind of talk each other into it. Mark has no interest in it. And... um Damon, you know, comes back. And, and I like when they do this sometimes. It's like they believe in him, but they want to make sure that it's going to work. So Damon comes back and making, you know, he asks her in order to get hit her projection of 1.8 million, how much in opening sales would you need to get? And she knew the right number. So she's smart. She knew four, I would need $400,000 in opening sales. So, um, you know, pretty much she, she makes the deal with Lori and Damon and she has to get opening orders of 400,000. She asks, she doesn't like say maybe 300. She asks, you know, the only thing she wanted was, will they help fund, you know, the orders that she already has so she doesn't have to lay that out? And they say yes and they make a deal and it's great. I like it. Go. I love her. I really do. Amber, you're my favorite. Um, real quick, a little, and then we have a little update from Simple Sugars. Um, Simple Sugars was a company that made a deal with Mark Cuban last season. It was season four, I believe. And prior to the Shark Tank, their sales were $50,000. After they went on the Shark Tank, in the next 24 hours, they did $220,000 of sales. Six weeks later, they had reached their $1 million sales point. That's the power of Shark Tank. They have 24 employees and nine interns. Eight. Eight interns. And they only had three to start. Did one die? Ooh, no, one died. No, stop it. <laughs> um, and you know what was interesting, which I didn't remember from last season, was that it's kind of an all-women-run company. And I they're, like that. They're, I like it, too. And her goal was she wants to be the best company in America for women to work for. And, you know, she makes a statement that... Women have, you know, still a little ways to come in the corporate world, and she's not just like bitching and moaning about it. She's going to create a business and create that for women. So I, I kind of give, I give props to her. Um, so that kind of wraps up our show for tonight. We loved it. Um, real quick, I love you guys. I miss you guys. I'm going to miss you guys. I'm going to be gone for the next five weeks or so. Five weeks I'm going to miss. But keep watching. Um, if you want to check out... 20 products. I know. If you want to check out where I'm going to go, uh, check out friendmovement.com. I'm actually doing a, a campaign fundraiser walk. Check it out. It's really cool. It's, uh, it's, it's progressive. You know, um, it's, it's an anti-bullying campaign. It's an anti-bullying. other things. It's anti-bullying, but more so than that, it's kind of like pro-friend. You know, it's we all can get along. We all can learn from each other. And we're actually doing a walk from Chicago to New York. So uh, check it out. Yes, indeed. And uh, I will be... What accent did I adopt there? I I don't know. But but Phil's going to take my shoes over for the next few weeks. Yeah, she's literally going to leave her shoes in studio. I will. And for the next five weeks, I own 100% of her shoes. Sweet. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z. And follow us here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And I will have Christina back, and I'll I'm, I'll, I'll try to get some fun people in here too to kind of fill in. Yeah. Um, so you'll see them, and we'll see Steph Z back. 
in a, five weeks. Sweet. Thank you, guys. See you later. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 